Hello and welcome to another episode of Time Extend. It has been a while. My name is Adam Ismail, and as always, I'm joined by Brendan Norrison and Adam. Yeah, it's been quite some time. I think uh, the last time we actually had a discussion was like September time at this point mm-hmm. in terms of uh, a new episode and uh, getting some content out there. Obviously, we've still been active in the Discord during that time period and, and posting some stuff on Twitter, X, whatever Elon calls it nowadays. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's good to finally be back recording and definitely in a different era of Time Extender or kicking one off today as we basically in the past few months have been thinking about what we actually want to do with this thing because, I mean, we've been doing it for so many years now, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, and you know, we've had we've had gaps here and there. We've never been the show that's recorded like every week, but I think you know, Forza launched and that was kind of around the time that we did our last episode. And yeah. over the holiday break, um with family, with life, things got pretty busy and then we just kind of took that as like a moment to sort of reflect and be like we've been doing this for a while. Um you know, maybe this is a point where we can change certain things to make them easier for ourselves, uh, make it easier for episodes to come out, kind of get rid of some of the friction there. But also, like, talk about things that we've kind of maybe avoided in the past. And, like, this was a hard one for me because, like, I don't want to, neither of us want to stop talking about, you know, the, the classic racing games or whatever that, like, kind of unite everyone who's listen to a show or is on the discord or whatever you know we're still going to talk a lot about ridge racer and and all that stuff but i was personally feeling like a little bit kind of sort of like we've done it all Hmm. like there are definitely some series and some games that we haven't talked about but it's like we've we've had that formula since the beginning once we kind of figured out sort of where our niche was and and the types of things that we wanted to highlight we hit that over and over again for like 70 episodes and it was very good. Um, and I still want to have those episodes when we, when we want to say something about, you know, there's still a number of like old Sega racing games we haven't talked about yet, for example. Yeah. But this is also an opportunity for us to kind of branch into new places. As you could tell by the title of this episode, we're talking about rocket league. Now we, we want to talk more about like driving and racing in games, Really, like a kind of broad way to put it is like travel in games, traversal in games. I yeah. mean, yeah. you would put out the the call for like, uh, you know, th- <clears throat> things that people wanted us to bring up or talk about with respect to running games. Uh, that's an episode <laughs> that we're gonna do in the future with the whole crew, which is a, another thing that we'll talk about in a bit. But yeah, um, because let's face it, you know, the the racing genre. It has pretty much changed, it seems like, on a permanent basis now. I I tend to be that person who sorts of laments the past and, and the games that we've lost. And we talk so much about the past because it's not... it's Today, it's not the genre that we fell in love with, right? Something different. But that's, that's not to say there aren't things to talk about. We just kind of have to broaden our scope a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. And ironically, I, I was just having a look. It's actually six years to the day tomorrow that our first ever episode <laughs> was released. And wow. if you look at the wider space of content creation as well, in, in line with the type of format that we've had, um, it's definitely something that's really kicked off in YouTube in the past few years, these type of video game series retrospectives, and especially in the, the racing genre. 
more often than not now you just see so many critiques about specific series or recaps or or, or our old memories type kind of videos and that sort of thing and and these content creators that are doing a great job with that sort of deep dive they, they're able to release this stuff pretty consistently and pretty constantly and truth be told when we started time extend like it wasn't really like that at the time like it wasn't we didn't really kind of reach that period where the PS3 started to become nostalgic and for some reason that specific generation alone seems to have spurred on this like let's look back and wonder why something wasn't popular or, or try and understand why something was popular and why things are wrong now, everything wrong with Forza Horizon, a Forza Horizon critique, why Forza Horizon is killing racing games, like... It, Basically, I feel as if like the the type of format that we've had and, and done a lot now since we we hit our stride by about episode twelve or thirteen, perhaps it's it has been a bit kind of binding for us in the sense that I often feel as if we've had the most fun talking about these games and such when they've came at a natural point in the episode where suddenly we we talk about something different in the last fifteen or twenty minutes and that sort of thing and it uh, yeah we we had a discussion about that in December as well it just playing some Forza at the time, sadly for us, um, and just trying to kind of understand exactly what we what we want to talk about going forward, how do we want to talk about it, and I like that idea of basically making it like traversal in games, because the racing genre as is now is so different than what it was, and there's very much a, a kind of a gated sim side of things, which is like especially popular with people, and people who love sims don't necessarily like racing games as a whole, and those people who, who love like, your Hot Wheels Unleashed and that sort of thing don't necessarily care for Sims. I feel as if the generation that we grew up in, Adam, had that lovely kind of transparency between both where you could easily jump into Gran Turismo or Richard Burns Rally and straight into Rumble Racing or NASCAR Rumble and that sort of thing. And they were all treated as one, whereas now... Um, I don't feel qualified to talk about Sims a lot of the time, for example, even though I enjoy them, because yeah. there are a lot of people who can deep dive into that stuff. And when it comes to the kind of arcade racer side of things, um, specifically, like, a lot of that stuff now that does come out just doesn't tick the boxes for me, but I still want to talk about racing games, I still want to get involved in that, in, in, in driving games, and in, in traversing games in general, like you're saying, the running side of things. But we've been talking a bit behind the scenes with the squad, once again, we'll get to that shortly, uh, about like driving in GTA, the getaway, that sort of thing. Like there's yeah. there's a lot of things that added up to, to where racing games are now and why there's specific focus on things. Why why is Midnight Club dead? It's hard to address that without talking about GTA racing and how popular that sure. is. That sort of thing. So it, it's kind of like we've almost went beyond the threshold of being able to look at it in isolation without just pining for Ridge Racer every time and and <laughs> as fun as that is, like we know now, like the likelihood of going back to that sort of time period of racing games is kind of gone. So your Rocket Leagues, your, your Rocket Racings as well, it's a totally <laughs> different. But that's a, a crazy concept. We'll probably get to in terms of what that actually means, perhaps going forward for racing games being part of bigger metaverses and this sort of thing. Like it's it's interesting. I think like the more basically what we're what I'm kind of saying here, long term, is I just want to talk to you, Adam, about games and hopefully people <laughs> like listening to that. So while we love doing these historical deep dives and going into the history of stuff, which we will still, of course, do, naturally speaking, it doesn't feel as if perhaps our future as time extends still should focus primarily on that alone. Yeah, um, and, and this really started because we just wanted a place to 
have these conversations and talk to each other and especially back you know in sort of the late 2010s when obviously you know it's, it's not like ridge racer was only known about by us but like there was less conversation in the mainstream i think about some of these games i also think like as you know the video game industry has become ever more cynical and ever more focused on monetization and you know monthly active users and stuff like that there has been more of people pining for those old days and so that's kind of like it, it makes perfect sense why the things that we were talking about were things that kind of became all your YouTube recommendations. And <laughs> of course, that's not to say that we started it. You know, if you look no, at our listens, <laughs> like, you know, way more people interact with the Twitter than actually like listen to these episodes, right? But like, it, it makes sense why we all kind of came to this conclusion at the same time. Um, so the question is, you know, where do we go from here? And uh, to that end, we uh, were kind of talking about you know how we can record on a slightly more consistent basis and also get some fresh voices in uh, or not so fresh if you've been listening to time extend for a long time um, and and really that's based around the fact that you know you and I are very far apart uh, geographically uh, although I I always hold you in my heart brand you're, you're unfortunately <laughs> not very close um, and so as a result you know we really have to be careful about like how we plan these things so many times we planned episodes and you know, stuff's gotten in the way, right? So we now kind of each have uh, a, a local correspondent, uh, if you will, uh, in in our own country or, or region, I guess. I mean, so where you are, uh, it's Paul Lavelle, who, you know, we, uh, Paul's been like pretty much here since like very early on, you know, we, we talked about, uh, you know, his work on the Colin McRae series and stuff like that. He's been yeah. a, a great member like discord and just never unwilling to like share, you know, whatever insights he's, he's allowed to share, uh, stuff like that. So he's going to be joining us a lot. And, uh, Andrew Elmore, who was, uh, he's technically not in my time zone. He's actually on the West <laughs> coast, but um still still a little bit closer and yeah one of the earliest episodes of time extend we were talking to him about i think it was just me actually but i was talking to him about his ridge racer album so uh the yeah, two, both yeah. of them have become like really good friends to us over uh the last couple of years over the last seven years and so you know it's it's a type of thing where they won't be on every episode obviously they're not on this one but you know, there will be times when, you know, you and Paul do a show or me and Andrew do a show. There will occasionally be a time where like all four of us or three of us do a show. And, you know, that's just to make these make these a little bit easier to um, to kind of uh, I don't want to say crank out to, you know, drain all life out of it. But, you know, easier to do these sorts of things and then also get like their expertise in. That's the thing as well. Like, obviously, I don't want to lean too much on this idea that all the experience is why they're here far from it at the end of the day it's right, because right. they're our friends like it's yeah at the end of the day time extend was formed from that basis that we bonded over our micro machines world series <laughs> and um as bad as that game was and, and from there we just wanted to talk about racing games in a form away from at the time we were both writing for gt planet and um, it's just it's pretty cool to think nowadays you've got like a, a car journalist and yourself and then Paul's a game developer and Nadra Elmore as well, man of many talents he's worked on games and such as well and 
loves yeah. random obscure Xbox racing games and then there's just me who likes Rotter Damnation but together I think we, we come together to, to kind of have I, I, I think the, the, the vibes will be on point and anybody who does listen to Time Extend um, shares their thoughts in the Discord it is always more about those kind of points where we we all fanboy over something or we we just have fun talking about certain subjects and that sort of thing so I think it's basically just to keep that going make it a bit easier to happen and crucially get in some new voices as well um like i say this is the sixth year we've been doing this now and people kind of can pretty much typecast us very easily in terms of like what we like and uh what our favorite games are and that sort of thing so it'll be great to have new voices in there as well because there will be some kind of contradictory or not contradictory but very different feelings over certain things that will become apparent as, as we talk through the topics that we're going to over the next period so it's it's a very exciting time for that alone and yeah, I think it's just like we, we've we loved talking about the types of stuff that we've talked about so far and, and the way we've structured these episodes and it has been fantastic but I think like it's basically just that like the racing genre itself, it's almost about evolving now to cover more broad brush topics where we just get to, to talk about individual parts of games perhaps for example as opposed to one specific series and and that sort of thing so it's um yeah i think it's it's going to be really exciting if you're a listener who has maybe wondered if this, this format was just going to go on forever and we'd cover your favorite series five or six years after somebody else does and we, we churn out 10 episodes in that time period <laughs> it's um yeah I, th- I think it's going to be interesting because it just gives us that little bit more freedom yeah yeah totally and you know with that uh we're coming back out of our hiatus talking about rocket league and yeah this this was something that i mean it's always been with you brand like since yeah uh, pretty much since like i i've known you i mean since the beginning i've known that you're a huge fan of rocket league uh you know you, you still play you've been playing the game consistently you've gone to uh you know the events that they've had you know the esports tournaments and stuff like that right which is i mean yeah. watching some of those things on youtube the atmosphere it just seems like it's electric yeah. uh and you know it's funny because like i also i've enjoyed rocket league a lot over the years but my relationship with it has been more um just like i'm not a competitive person and i don't <laughs> like esports but yeah. it is a very addictive game, and so I basically always have this habit of like enjoying it up to a point where like I get it just breaks me down too much or it just gets too stressful or something, and I yeah. can't put it down for a while. Um, <laughs> but I still, you know, I still hop on it with my friends, and and my friends are definitely some of them are a lot better than I am. Uh, you know, none of us are like nobody's pro level, but we have a good time, right? And it's just it. I think Rocket League is interesting to me because it's one of those games. So many games are based around sort of the esports thing now, right? But like, yeah, for whatever reason, Rocket League is like the only one that I've been able to at times kind of find my place in and enjoy uh, without it being, you know, sometimes, like I said, it can be it can be too much for me and I can just get like too frustrated. But it also has this ability to just like be that game where you just stick around and some of those like garbage time games at the end of the night when like everyone's like <laughs> sleepy and no one really yeah. knows what they're doing like and then someone just decides they're gonna just demo the entire game like th- those those are where you know the the laughs are had definitely so uh it can it can be a surprisingly like uh wide-ranging experience no matter how serious you want to get about it 
So that's like, it's a really interesting point to hear as well, Adam, because like, the good thing is, for, for the listeners here, this is the first time we've actually had a further conversation about Rocket League as well, even though, mm. obviously, I I wear it on my sleeve how much I love it, and you've talked to me about how much that you like it as well, but like, all, all those points you just covered there ties in neatly to, to the way that I would kind of summarise what Rocket League actually is for me when, when I think about why it's had such an impact, especially as somebody who, who loves sports. For me, Rocket League is competitive in the way a sport is as opposed to what an eSport is for competitive gaming. And basically what I mean by that is like when you go down to the park to play football with your friends, you're not thinking about playing in the Champions League or if you're playing American mm. football with your friends, you're not thinking about the NFL. You're just, you're having fun. Some of your friends might be better than you are, like, but like it's not as if anybody's intending on going pro ultimately. And the cool thing about Rocket League is that it's a, it's a game without mechanics to a certain extent, where it's basically, you have your car, which you can accelerate, brake within, you've got a jump mechanic, and then uh, you've got the air roll mechanic as well, uh, for, for kind of moving the car in the air, but that's kind of where it ends, there isn't really a, there isn't like the way, let's say for example, Overwatch has all these different abilities and, and meta abilities and that sort of thing. There isn't like a necessity to learn what tuning is if you think about sim racing and esports on that side of things and if you can't put a car together then there's no point in playing. Rocket League is just pure and simple a game about putting a ball in a net and mm-hmm. you can absolutely play it that way the way that you see fit for as many hours as, as you want to. Like as in you you don't have to learn how to hit the ball in there you, and then from there you don't have to learn how to do a, a flip reset which is the basically how would I explain it? You drive up onto the roof, let the car fall naturally, get under the ball, and then flip up and hit it. That's a flip reset. That's what it is, all right. Yeah. My, so my friends and I will just constantly <laughs> just like, I'll be like, flip reset. And meanwhile, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I'm just shouting things. Yeah. But the point is, like, it, even that mechanic, calling it a mechanic, doesn't really do it justice because that was a community found way of hitting the ball with the tools that you're given. And you immediately understand what tools you're giving the Rocket League. Much in the same way when you play football, you understand what tools you're giving to hit the ball into the net. And for me, that's why Rocket League, like kind of to, to sum up the conversation at the start, for the way I feel about it, it is very much from that perspective of it. It's more centered around what real sports are compared to what we consider like a traditional competitive video game. And I think that's why it's so easy for many different groups of people to play it but also watch it in the sense that somebody can walk in the room and immediately understand, all right, okay, they're just trying to put the ball in the net. And and from there, that's what makes it so watchable as well. So, yeah, those points you were saying kind of tie in nicely to to the way I view the game, I think, because I don't know if that in any way explains why it might be that it feels that way, that you can play it competitively, but not necessarily to be the best, because ultimately... There isn't a predefined best. You, you don't know what that looks like. It isn't going 50, 50 in one KD on COD. It isn't about like <laughs> shutting out somebody in Overwatch. Like when you're delivering the, the payload, just about scoring goals, demoing, making saves, and yeah. It as an aside, I think it's a better football game than any actual football game like FIFA and stuff for that as well. Yeah. Um... You know, when that game came out, so in 2015, and it was free on the PlayStation Network, if you had PlayStation Plus, uh, you know, we all got into it, um, yeah. me and my friends. And, and back then, it's so great to get into it. I hate talking about it because it's like, you know, you'll never have this moment again with Rocket League, right? Every game, it comes out, and nobody really knows how it works, and people are just figuring it out. And so those are the moments where you can 
you can feel like you're doing things that like you're, you're unlocking things that you haven't seen before you know the first time you're able to like fly which honestly is only a recent thing for me as i'm like trying <laughs> to figure out how to like control the car in the air because I've, yeah. I've always been terrible at it but like you think about those like those early days uh and then just what the games turned into and i'm i'm the kind of person who will just kind of get down on myself about like my lack of ability to like control the car in the area and stuff like that but you sent me a video um like uh, a day or two ago of like kind of where like one of the most recent uh championship you know yeah. games and and sort of where the level of play is now and i'm just watching it and I remember the first time I watched like, you know, the Rocket League Championship Series or whatever. Like I watch, I, I haven't watched the whole thing, but like I'd see like clips, like my friend Trevor's a big fan. Yeah. Show me a clip of it and I watch it and I'd be like, that's fucking amazing. <laughs> now I see it and I'm still like, that's amazing in the sense that I can't do it. But like, it's, it, 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 it there's a certain aspect that I, of course I don't mean to, to demean the level of play there because they're doing yeah, things like there, there's one goal where the guys literally like, over i think it was zen if that was right yeah, he's like zen, yeah. over top of the goal and then he he's able to then move back off of it to get on top of the ball to put like an angle that like i would see the ball there on top of the goal and i'd be like there's nothing <laughs> completely without but um but i guess what i'm trying to say is like we're we're so like used to seeing those things now it's kind of amazing to think about like a time when you'd never seen that before yeah you know yeah, no, 100%. And I think that's why, skill level-wise, I think it isn't so much that people have got more flashily good at the game and more showboaty, but rather it's evened out to the point now where you can't do that type of stuff in a competitive setting because it's so fast-paced. So it's, it's once again, more like a trajectory of a normal sport where the more higher up you go, it's more about the speed of the play and the, the way that players kind of react to where the ball is going on the pitch or the way certain players are playing and trying to match that. So a goal like the Zen one you're talking about, like that's absolutely absurd and would only ever happen in a scenario where he has no time on the ball to do anything else. And that's <laughs> that's when you see Rocket League at its best. And the cool thing is you don't have to be Zen to ever have those moments. You'll have had them playing with your, right, your yeah. own friends as well, Adam, because... The speed of the game is determined by the people who play it, much like, once again, peewee yep. hockey compared to NHL level hockey. It's like, the game has this like, natural ability to scale because, once again, the, the, kind of, the factors of success are so predetermined by the physics engine that underpins it, that everybody knows what their skill level is and plays around that. So that's why it's really interesting where the Rocket League Championship Series two, three years ago, I think I'd say probably three years ago at this point, had, like, that was the peak of look at these absurd skillful plays as in like people going out their way to try and score flashy goals whereas where it's at now is very much more of a matured everybody is playing at the kind of peak of what's possible within this game but if you dip out of that level for a second then you aren't finishing second in a tournament you're finishing 10th because it's just yeah. that like yeah. constant need to be on top of the game and you were saying in Rocket League how sometimes you play that one extra game and then it all just goes to pot and it feels yeah. like you can't do anything right it's the exact same feeling. It's just scaled down to whatever like your skill level is, and yep. I just don't know many games where it actually works that way so naturally. And it is a game that can properly bum you out because no matter how much you try and right the ship, it feels that like you start to do worse. And the only other feeling I've ever had that sort of thing in is when I'm actually playing sports in real life and video games. Sure. It's always a bit different because it's a video game ultimately, and so is Rocket League. But it's just more. I feel 
you're always in full control of what you're capable of and that makes it so much more frustrating when things don't go your way and I think that's what makes it so like competitive at that higher level like we're saying in the RLCS and such but gold 2, silver 2, platinum 2, like it doesn't really matter what rank you are, that you will feel those moments yourself and not once do you ever think oh if I can't get as good as whatever rank then I'm not going to play this some competitive games it's easy to get in that mindset I'm like Call of Duty and stuff. No, I'm not going to be good at this. I'll stop playing. And Rocket League, people happily sit in bronze free for the entirety of their 500 <laughs> plus hours playing. Because like it's just that that's yeah. that's the skill level and that's where they have fun. And yeah, I think it's it's interesting seeing how the the skill of being a good Rocket League player has pivoted from like pure mechanics to more about game sense and understanding how a game takes place in five minutes. Because it's it's fast and frantic. That's for sure. Yeah, you, you also have, no matter your skill level, those opportunities to really surprise yourself where you're just like, I can't believe I did that. Like, how did I score that goal? How did I, like, for whatever reason, I tend to be really good at play, while I struggle with like flying and stuff like that, I tend to be really good with playing off the wall. Um, yeah. So, you know, my my one friend who I'll play with who's like way better than me is like, that was amazing. And I'd be like, that's like the only thing I could do. But this other thing that everyone else can do, I can't, you know? So there's, you know, it's, I I really do love those games where like, it's not about like, this is something I've always struggled with, like, you know, fighting games or games are very like based in like specific repeatable mechanics. Like I, I much prefer kind of an old school kind of arcade mentality of like, here are the very simple tools that we give you and it's up to you to figure out how to use them as opposed yeah. to, you know, remembering, you know, how how best to, uh, I don't know, like pull off some kind of crazy move in Street Fighter or whatever, or like, you know, Fortnite being like, I have to build a house as I'm like in a gunfight. Like games are like too complicated at that level. It's just like my brain can't wrap my head around it. But if... If it's just simple enough to pick up and play, and then you have that massive ceiling, I mean, that, that like non-existent skill ceiling, um, and you're with the right group of people who's like kind of around where you are, and when it all clicks, it just, uh, you you can't imagine stop playing it. it you know, <laughs> yeah. you just like, you, you just never want the night to end. It's just, it's just so much fun. And what's interesting is like, I was kind of reading about like psionics and, and where the game uh, came from and everything. And, you know, my, my favorite thing is like the, the, the game that preceded Rocket League, right? And I just love, I love it because like, I guess there are always people who are asking questions like, how come supersonic acrobatic rocket powered battle cars didn't take off in the way Rocket League did? <laughs> and I'm like, you know, yeah. I think it, I think it might've been in the name. I think the name might've had something to, uh, to do with it, but like. You look at the game now and you look at what that was in 2008 for the PS3 with you know a super long title and I mean conceptually it's the same game you know yeah. it's just um all these like little refinements uh and things like that and you know the right marketing now of course there Psionics is part of the epic machine but the game's the game was you know took off well before that uh, it's just kind of crazy to realize how long this idea has been around, how hard they had to work at developing it to get it to where it was so they could like fully take off. Yeah. No, no absolutely. And I, I think like looking back at supersonic acrobatic rocket power battle cars, <laughs> um, that was very much kind of birthed in that time period of the, the novelty of a download only title as well. So like yep. 
you feel as if at that point when it launched on P- PlayStation 3, that's an exclusive, weirdly enough, um, it, you do feel like it was more of a, like, this is this is a fun type of game that we can make, um, and the skill ceiling and such was still there, and it still had some form of player base. I, I, had, the, I had Supersonic as well and put a good amount of hours into it, but... I can't remember ever having much joy online finding full matches and that sort of thing, but it definitely felt as if it was more kind of leaning into the gimmicky idea of like cars playing soccer slash football. Yeah, uh, there was a lot more kind of crazy maps and stuff that you could do in that game as well, like horseshoe like shaped maps and loads of like kind of the type of stuff you'd expect to see in like a micro machines or a party racer type thing. I like remember some of those that. maps. I don't know if they still have them, but they were in Rocket League for a while. They are, yeah. Maps, so they're yeah. kind of they're hidden in the kind of labs section of the the map. So they still are there, but they've never really been playable. Like in terms of the online matchmaking, will never throw you into a match like that. Whereas Supersonic definitely kind of blended all of it in as like one big thing. So yeah. like you were saying about Rocket League with its refinements and such, beyond the name at least as well. Um, it definitely kind of took what the concept was and tried to boil it down to its core foundations, I think, to see just how how big its legs would be. And even initially, I can recall, I remember seeing like, the people on PlayStation blog moaning about losing that kind of quirky feel from Supersonic and mm. the more kind of prevalent reliance on quirky maps and that sort of thing. But Ultimately, I think it was a positive in the end because it just gave a bit more focus to, to what the game actually is and why it should be maybe taken a bit seriously. And that being said, if Supersonic had came out at the time period that we knew, if it came out at the time period Rocket League did, it might have still been as big of a success. But yeah. Rocket League always had that kind of like right off the bat. I remember seeing it and being kind of wowed by the kind of coolness factor it had in terms of. I know using the name League is so generic now, but just like simplifying it down to Rocket League with the the nice kind of blue crest sports looking icon. And I remember in the very first trailer, one of the things they leaned heavily into is this idea that you are representing your nation like online. So they, oh, you 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 play for the USA, and when you beat France, there was going to be some oh, sort of global yeah. leaderboard and that sort of thing. And that eventually got dropped uh, before release. Um, Cool concept to come back, of course, if Psyonix actually updated the game meaningfully, but um, it's <laughs> it's something like, you could see what they were going for where they wanted to lean into that competitive space, and it, it worked for Rocket League so well for the reasons we're talking about, where that didn't mean gatekeeping it away from people who weren't great at it, it just more meant there was a pathway for people who really got this game and were like, you know what, this is this is exactly what I want to play. And through the, the years that I've played it, I've had that feeling where it's like, I started off playing with a group of friends who played it quite a lot, um, but like there wasn't a kind of commitment to the game and then kind of moved on from those guys to two people I worked with when I got my first graduate job who had the bug to get better, so had that kind of chasing the dream aspect of seeing how good we could actually get, which then evolved further into still playing with one of those guys, but then playing uh, with Daniel's uh, brother to form a team, and then we competed in the Scottish Esports League uh, and got to do that, which was a a crazy experience as well, and then went from there to actually trying to watch the esport, because I just don't care for esports really, it's not really something that's ever been my bag, it still isn't. Aside from Rocket League, and basically just got enamoured with that, and 
yeah, and from there it's been like similar to you, Adam. I have went through kind of six months a year without playing consistently, but I always find myself going back to playing it, and <laughs> every time it just kind of wins me over, over and over again. Despite the fact that much like the jump from Supersonic to Rocket League, the the differences in in the period of time it's been out are so derivative or non-existent. Yeah. You would think that it would lose its sheen, but it just speaks a lot about how good the gameplay loop is in this game and and how perfectly tuned the, the physics are that like you just never feel as if you've been slighted by something out of your control and when you think about how dynamic the gameplay loop is in the game it, it's really impressive that, that they kind of nailed that down right off the bat yeah i mean i i think about it too in the sense that like i really do wonder how many americans has taught about basic soccer or football fundamentals right because <laughs> yeah. like i didn't yeah. know like yeah. i remember you know like i was saying my one, my one one friend trevor is very good and he was like you gotta cycle you gotta do this you gotta do that i'm like oh yeah this that, that makes perfect sense i just i never played this sport growing up with my legs so you yeah. know, <laughs> i'm learning about now and then in a different kind of way um yeah. but yeah it's uh it, it really does say something that the game has been able to uh, last as long as it has. And, you know, you, you talk about, like, Psyonix's, you know, without any sort of meaningful upgrades or whatever. That was actually kind of going to be my question to you, is that, like, I know... What was it? What year was it that like they were fully folded into Epic? Was that like 2020? Or it was that around then, was... I believe. Uh, yeah. 2019. 2019. 2019, yeah. So, you know, since then, I think right around that time the game went free to play, or shortly after. Yeah, it did. Uh, yeah. And. Yeah, I just. I guess I kind of wonder, like, what happened? Because, like, I don't tend to, again. You know, I, I in the past, probably the most competitive game I would play would be an FPS like Call of Duty or something like that. But even then, those games are very much tied to the historical model of we come out with a new box product every year. And then the people who are playing last year's usually move on to next year's. Um, but, you know, Rocket League has existed in this form. Uh, I mean... Outside of like, you know, kind of the, the things that you can access in the game. I was very sad because I, I recently fired it up on the PlayStation for the first time in a long time because for a long time I was playing on PC and they got rid of the drive club flag, which I had uh, on my what? vehicle from day one. Uh, you can't you can't equip that, it anymore. Wow, that's weird. <laughs> yeah, it made me very sad. Jeez. But like, you know what? We're in this we're in this world now where, you know, it epic is epic right they are the masters right now of the of the game as a service you know they're they're launching games in fortnite because they just want to keep fortnite the mammoth that it is uh probably a little bit threatened by roblox so that's why they're yeah know, going in that direction but rocket league it works you know what there's never like <laughs> There's never gonna be a Rocket League 2, right? Like, I'm just thinking of like, what can you really do with this formula without changing it so much that you piss off the people who have invested so much in it? Uh, it's a really interesting question. Outside of like, you know, maybe we move to the latest version of Unreal Engine or whatever. You know, be a good start. What, what else yeah. can they do? So, I mean, the very first starting point is, and maybe a bit snarky to say, but it's re not removing features. I would say that is a, a great place to start. Um, 
If you're not aware and you've not booted up Rocket League since December, uh, Epic made the decision to remove trading from the game uh, completely. Mm. And uh, their reasoning was to provide a more unified ecosystem with future titles, which then turned out to be Rocket Racing. That then only had four items from Rocket League that could be moved over, which meant like the (laughs) hundreds of other items were just not untradeable for no reason. Um, So not removing features would be a great start. Uh, I would say that that's something to do. Uh, Epic also made the decision to move like the cust uh, the not the custom games the um, the other game modes into a rotation based seasonal thing. So people who played Snow Day, for example, the the ice hockey I mode. I love that. Yeah, yeah. Will only have the chance to play that competitively now on a rotation determined by Epic. So <laughs> it alternates between that and Drop Shot, which is in hoops, so like the basketball mode. Yep. Uh, and drop shot, one very underrated mode where basically you have to break the ground to score a goal. So rather than goals on either side of the pitch, the the ground is basically like forty hexagons with different oh, levels. Okay. And when you smack the ball hard enough, you can pierce through and create a, a hole to score through. Basically, um, and yeah, those sorts of things now are kind of gated off depending on if Epic want to bring them back. This is the beauty of this sort of model where Snow Day might just disappear into the void forever for people that like yeah. that mode and. Um, yeah, moving to that sort of model isn't great. Um, the the half hour item shop doesn't do much either, and it's it's just not very. Uh, there's never stuff anybody wants from it. It's just not that type of game. Like can't be treated like a Fortnite. I don't think. And if you want something in a game like Rocket League, it should generally be available. But yeah, so first point would be just don't remove features. Would be a good idea. Um, that that is never a great place to start. I think in terms of what can actually be added to the game, like you're saying, Adam, like the, the core fundamentals of the game need to remain the same. But the fact of the matter is, this game's been out for like, seven years now, this year. 2015, I believe, it came out. So, oh God, more than that, actually. I can't count. <laughs> so, like, nine yeah. years this year, basically. Nine, it'll be nine years. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. And since the, since the kind of initial influx of content, there's been, like, two or three maps added at best in terms of like actual stadiums and such, it just doesn't happen at all. So there's just there's no kind of new stadiums introduced that are kind of got meaningful kind of locations and fun stuff like that. It'd be good just to get a bit of variation going. Um, and then of course for me it's like where do you kind of expand the concept? Three v three is obviously where Rocket League sits at the moment, but see it through games like Overwatch that tweaks with how many player numbers are available. Maybe it is making the stadiums that little bit bigger and introducing a 5v5 mode, for example, and starting to expand with giving players more designated roles on the pitch and expanding that out. Um, there's also like the tournaments mode in the game, which is just basically like a waste of time. It's so poorly implemented that nobody touches it, so there's a bit of a dormant game mode on the side there. Maybe try and rework that into something that's worth playing for people. Um, actually making a meaningful club feature would be cool as well, so you can technically join a club just now, which basically just puts a nice clan tag in front of your name and yep. occasionally yep. you get to use custom colours, but in terms of like stat tracking, seeing win-loss records, seeing who's the best players, dedicated club tournaments, dedicated club ranked, none of that, <laughs> just no use of the concept whatsoever. Look at Drive Club, <laughs> ironically, just because you mentioned it, game right, that kind yeah. of invested into that side of things. I mean, FIFA is doing it with pro clubs. I don't know if uh, Madden has a similar feature where it's like people can play online in certain positions I've and such. I've been played it so long. Yeah. yeah, yeah. NHL has EA Sports Hockey League. It's a, it's a fairly common staple in the industry because 
people like that idea of seeing a lifetime performance of you and your friends, how does it compare? That sort of thing, like, there's just no actual accommodation for club-based play, and I think for me that would be the big thing I would like to see, more of a focus on that. Start introducing club divisions instead of an individual ranking system, that sort of thing, so I think it's like the core of the game should stay the same, but in terms of what I think needs to be added to kind of get people even more bought in going forward since it's it's a common trend now, the game's nine years old, the player base is dipping a bit, I think they need to lean into where it flourishes and where it flourishes as team play. You can play it yourself, but let's be honest, it's when you go on with a bunch of friends and enjoy that side of things, so for me it's like actually creating that drive club-esque approach in Rocket League, I think that would make a huge difference. Yeah, I actually, uh, I remember I downloaded it on the Switch when it came out on the Switch, uh, and I was like, going, I was going to fly somewhere for some kind of work trip or something, and I was like, yeah, I think at my skill level, I could still probably play against the bots and have a good time, and I was like, no, actually, the bots are so bad that it doesn't even matter. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's... <laughs> It's, it's funny to imagine, like, if there was any sort of, you know, single-player version of that game that could uh, that could be compelling in any a particular way. But, uh, yeah, I, I mean, you know, in spite of the fact that it does kind of feel uh, bare-bones and is in Fortnite, you know, maybe Rocket Racing has been taking away uh, some of that, some of those efforts. Uh, and... You know, based on conversations that we've had and sort of what you just said, probably not for the best reasons. Um, maybe <laughs> the priorities aren't in the best place, but it's probably a good time to talk about that because, uh, yeah, obviously, you know, for uh, for me at least, that's a, that's a game where I feel like I'm more able to talk about its successes <laughs> or failures. Now, granted, I haven't played, I, I just got into it today, I have not played a lot of it, but immediately uh there was really i mean i had to download fortnite you know to play it which was just put me in the best mood and then <laughs> just trying to figure out how to freaking start playing it was also really hard because like i i have not been in fortnite in forever the menu system makes no sense to me i i tried to launch a game and it wasn't working so i had to find like a different tile that also said rocket racing and that was the one that apparently worked i don't know and that put me in the race where uh i didn't even realize who i was racing i couldn't tell if it was bots or people but you were saying that when you start playing the game uh you're facing off against the mix yeah so it's like fully obscures that from you yeah, yeah when you when you first play up until like silver two rank or something it basically puts you in with four human beings and eight bots for some reason or, well, yeah, 10 bots, sorry. Um, for whatever reason, that's the approach they've decided to take with the start of the game, and it doesn't really help since, like, the game is very simplistic at the start as well, with the tracks and stuff, so it kind of... Yeah, yeah it doesn't make a good, a very good first impression because of that alone, even after you went through the clunky Fortnite interface as well. Yeah, I couldn't make heads or tails. I mean, it looks, it looks fantastic, because it's obviously uh, using the latest Unreal Engine, and but like I'm playing it and you know these kinds of you can't really call the cart racer because you know there's there's no weapons uh, but it obviously shares something more in common with uh, Sonic All-Stars racing or something like that than there are yeah. mod nation racers than 
you know, some other kind of arcade racing game, uh, Hotshot Racing or something like that. So, like, it... it There was just nothing there. I feel like, visually, you know, it's really trying to tap into the same sort of energy that, say, Trackmania does, but Trackmania's core fundamentals and vehicle dynamics and everything are so perfect that yeah. and so finely tuned and mastered over decades i i don't even enjoy track mania that much but like there's no denying that right um whereas like as far as i could tell you know there's a drift button uh the drift button doesn't even really seem to be required to start drifting which i was like this is the handling kind of uh, it's not bad it's just like i don't it was it was a little bit confusing to me uh and then you know, it seems like maybe you're supposed to chain boosts. I understand if you've been playing Rocket Racing religiously and you're listening to this since, since you know, the, the month or two that's been out, you're probably screaming at me right now. But <laughs> I just, I, I was like, all right, there's, there's really, it's really not grabbing me. But yeah, that, that element of verticality is something that you were talking about that really only reveals itself once you've been playing the game for a while. Yeah, so I mean, I've, I've put in about 20 hours so far um, into the game. So I'm like, I got up to like diamond one at the moment, rank wise, and yeah, initially I just, I feel as if like the game doesn't make a great first impression at all really, like you said, it looks great, but the, the gameplay seems fairly simple, tracks are really wide, um, it's hard to see where skill starts to factor in, or, or basically how you're supposed to use the boost system and that sort of thing in a meaningful way, but what basically happens is like once you get further up the ranks you unlock more advanced tracks and more more advanced kind of invited not advanced sorry better environments because at the start of the game as well you're always in the fucking canyon area so like it has that real mod nation racers feel to it of yeah, yeah. What, what is the what is the kind of vibe of this track supposed to be but as you get a bit further into the game it starts to open up a bit more and yeah that verticality you mentioned is really that's where the kind of the skillful driving element really comes into it. The boost system starts to feel more like a DRS type system from like Formula 1 I would say where basically you're, you're collecting that boost to offset parts of the track where there are no boost pads since you need to be able to hit all of those similar to like a right. wipeout or or something sure. like that and um, you basically start to use those boosts to like be able to take shortcuts as well since the more advanced tracks have like shortcuts and that sort of thing. Um, and then one of the, the other kind of key gameplay mechanics is the slipstream mechanism, which can often be just as powerful as a boost if used correctly. So when you're trying to manage all those different kind of means of using boost or, or using it correctly, the game really starts to open up a bit more there. And crucially track design wise, um, the game actually leans into its mechanics because I think at the start it's very much hot shot racing type how many different types of oval can we design and call it a track type scenario. <laughs> Um, and it just makes a, a fairly kind of simplistic, boring way of playing, but once you get into those more advanced tracks that you're going upside down, you're doing corkscrews, you're finding shortcuts that are off the actual tarmac track and underneath the track, like for example, the, the way gravity, the anti-grav works in the game is basically any time that you appear near a surface on the side or above you, you'll automatically connect to it which feels super clunky until it doesn't, which of course isn't the best way to explain it, but that's like how it, I would It surprised me. Yeah, I uh, I actually accidentally did that 
on like yeah. one of the first tracks, I was jumping and I jumped so high that I just all of a sudden flipped around the inside of a tunnel. And I was like, oh, well, I didn't even know I could do that. I, I probably should have done the tutorial. That one's on me. It's not very full-featured anyway, but like, there's a lot of like, massive jumps as well in advanced tracks where you need to use the air roll mechanic to flip over and attach to the side of a track. And yeah, there'll be scenarios as well where rather than going through a tunnel, if you jump an air roll at the right time and go along the outside of the tunnel, which has boost pads on it you would never normally see unless you tried to do that, you won't mm. find the best path to go through the tracks. So as you play the game, basically it starts to open up a bit more and it becomes pretty sweaty, I guess that's the best way to put it, in terms of yeah, like yeah. the level of competitiveness gets to the point where it's just like one missed boost pad and you're basically like fucked. So it's... It's really interesting. It starts off so simplistic, and like I was just like, this is just a Fortnite mode with racing in it. But then yep. the more I played it, the more I kind of got invested in trying to understand what is Psionics even built here. I got a <laughs> grasp on what it is, but right now in the package it's currently presented, and it definitely feels like a beta. And to be fair, it's marked as season zero, so it's very much I think like <laughs> Epic had that big bang event where they did Eminem doing a concert and they launched Harmonix's Fortnite festival and. Psionics's rocket racing and the new battle royale mode and stuff and maybe Lego. this one needed a bit more oh, oh of course Lego the biggest of them all yeah fuck sake that's yeah. the player numbers that gets is fucking crazy um like that that's basically just Minecraft really Lego um yeah it's they obviously maybe could have done with a bit more time in the tank because also the, the ties to Rocket League are so non-existent yeah. the, the Octane right. is there as the hero car but like you can tell how much they really cared about that because in any given track, the rocket, uh, the the octane's wheels slightly clip through the ground. It seems like a really weird complaint, but any <laughs> other car, it doesn't do that. It's just the octane's whatever way they've hmm. fucking made the car model, it clips yeah. through the track slightly, and it just don't know why it pisses me off, but it does. Um, and yeah, the, the ties to Rocket League just aren't really there yet, and you wonder. I think uh, I've talked to you kind of in group chats and stuff about Adam, but like I, I've been aware of Rocket Racing's existence in some capacity for a good few years now, just through people talking to us at the, the RLCS events and mm. little murmurs here and there if you're invested enough in Rocket League and listening, basically that this has been what Psionics has been working on. And if this is what they've been working on for three years and this is what it looks like at this point, then I just don't believe it because this definitely feels like a case of They've got a gameplay loop mechanic down pat that they aren't confident enough to expose to the player right away, which makes it seem insanely boring for those yeah. first few hours. And the, yep. the kind of the game looks nice because it's in UE5, but they don't have any Rocket League theming or any mm -hmm. sort of it doesn't have a vibe at all. Really, it just kind of feels like a a proof of concept more than anything. And I think that's the thing that disappointed me the most because. Having heard about the fact that this was in development and, and Psionics were snapping up Lamborghini licenses, Ferrari licenses, McLaren licenses, Formula One, NASCAR, like, it, I don't believe this is what Rocket Racing has always been. And I think mm. that's the thing I'm most disappointed about because obviously we'll never find out this sort of thing, but it just doesn't add up to me that this is what the net worth of like three years potentially of effort has been. Yeah. Because, yeah, I don't know. It, it's. What I would say is, like, you go on to Fortnite right now and you check how many people are playing Rocket Racing, and I guarantee it's 40,000 plus concurrent players. How many racing games can boast that in today's day and age? Like, not many. And I think that's yeah. why yeah. I trust Psionics to get there eventually if they actually give it 
the effort and Epic allows them to. Um, and I think that's the most exciting part. I think I've talked a few times on the pod about the idea of the free-to-play racer being something that was untapped and really not something that's really been able to take off. And outside of it being attached to the monolith that is Fortnite, I can see the kind of embers of what this could be at some point. But right now, it definitely yeah. feels more like a hmm. How can we make a convincing racing game? And it's a bit disappointing because I thought Psionics was a lot further down the line than that, based on what the kind of the, it, the murmurs were. It sounds like it's it's kind of a marketing might be an overly simplistic way to put it, but it is a little bit of a marketing issue, and it's just like putting your best foot forward. I mean, you mentioned uh, Onrush we were talking before the show, yeah. and you know, I'd say that. Onrush, obviously, the the failure there was when they had that like, uh, was it was it the demo or the beta event yeah, or something, really and it just yeah. yeah, it was really bad. It really didn't present the game in a good light. But you know, if you if you uh, decide to spend sixty dollars on it, which you know people are just flipping about with the economy, the global economy being what it is, then you you know, and you you spent a little bit of time with it. Honestly, not that much. I remember like I got Onrush, and it probably took like. 15 minutes for me to see the genius of the game starring the form um you know and and obviously it didn't take off but that was really trying to do something with the racing concept i mean you know technically the 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 marketing that they did try there was it's not a racing game and and it wasn't uh unfortunately it doesn't really tell anyone what it actually is (laughs) (laughs) but yeah i i think that's a struggle with games like this uh and and rocket racing is obviously more of a conventional racing game but i think psionics needs to it sounds from what you're saying that they just need to find a way to better present you know sort of the germ of what makes it uh good and what makes it different from what else is out there and present that earlier on and be a little bit more confident about it and they probably will get there for no other reason than they're tied to epic and the games in Fortnite and yeah. uh, loads know. of children playing that sort of thing. So the, right. the level of ex- accessibility, like it's the exposure that, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's why it does start off so babied. No, that way, it's it's very much in Fisher Price mode when you first play it in the sense that there's no challenge from the track design or the drivers. So yep. it feels like a massive waste of time. Then suddenly. Much like Battle Royale, to be fair, since annoyingly I've started playing Fortnite because of this, so I'm fucking the guy. It's working, it's hate. working on you, yeah. yeah. Um, you just yeah. get hit with the the onrush of insanely good players, and yeah, it, it's not pulling Battle Royale numbers in terms of, like, if you want to look at it from the Fortnite ecosystem, it's definitely the joint least favourite with Festival, the, the harmonic driven <laughs> game. Um, the joint least favourite. It's, it's still... By regular game terms, opening a clinic on anything else out there. Imagine right. Grid Legends even had like a, a quarter of that many concurrent players at some point. Like we consider Forza Horizon like a massively popular game for obvious reasons, and that's concurrent player base at any given point during the day tends to sit around twenty two thousand. But you can go on Rocket Racing yep. at any point in the day, and there's like forty thousand people playing it. So. Obviously, but it's Epic we're talking about, so those numbers mean 400 concurrent players to them as well, so right. you and just wonder problem, what yeah. the benchmark of success is, and, and that's yeah. where the, the Epic ties that Psionics have can be a blessing or a curse, really. Um, mm-hmm. I think I said to you, kind of tongue-in-cheek, like the game doesn't even have a podium at the end of races right now, 
So like they aren't able to sell those emotes and the the skins people are buying aren't being shown in the best light to try and convince all the kiddies to buy those uh, fucking V-Bucks, but like you, it does have the air of something right now where like the, the kind of the core fundamentals are playable, but it doesn't actually have an atmosphere to speak of or a a relation to speak of, and that this feels very harsh, right? But to me, it really reminds me of. Fast RMX. And I don't mean that in a negative way. I just mean. Oh, I love Fast RMX. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. Yeah, me too. And I love it as well. <laughs> but I, I honestly, gameplay-wise, to me, this is a anti-grav race. once you get to the point where it starts to open yeah, itself up like that, like that. And you might see a right. few clips I've uploaded on the Time Extend Twitter, for example, just you, or, or or my Twitter account, and you'll see that sort of thing where it's about bouncing from wall to wall and hitting the outside of one wall before jumping off a corkscrew before going in a tunnel. Like you start to see that sort of thing kick off off but none of that is apparent off the bat and the game doesn't try and come across as a cool anti-gravity racer like Fast RMX either, it yeah. just kind of comes across like Fortnite and that isn't the way a racing game needs, it just doesn't I mean it has it. no it has no like, you know, it has no theme, it's it's whole like it looks like it exists in Fortnite because it, is, because it exists in cartoony <laughs> ue5 like so it yeah. just automatically kind of looks like fortnite and that might be enough you know i mean like it it just I, like playing the game it's fine even at the early level it's competent but just like having to navigate all the bullshit someone who doesn't oh, play yeah. fortnite and, and just the menu system and everything and i'm just like this is going like epic is going to such lanes to get me to hate this because <laughs> i'm not yeah. 12 like it, <laughs> i'm sorry but um that's that's the biggest hurdle for me you know but then on the flip side it, it might get you to play fortnite i don't know it's interesting for me to think about like is there a universe in which they continue this for a while they maybe get the numbers up word of mouth more people get to a level where you know they're sharing clips and stuff online you see what the game's actually like and then maybe they break it out of the fortnite i mean that would be cool but who knows i think they actually um this is going to be the most random point to bring up ever but maybe they should leave out a gran turismo 7's book the way that separates music rally <laughs> make fortnite <laughs> boot up and just like yeah. you have those options between the way that Call of Duty and stuff does it now as well, with that unified launcher where you've got Warzone and Modern Warfare and whatever. Yeah. But maybe instead of making it seem like a game mode, and I think like you said, that's more of the Roblox thing of trying to make it come across that way. Maybe just embrace more the fact that these are individual games and it'll just give them that bit more credence, I suppose. Like, because hmm. like, like you're saying, it, it feels like a mode because it is a mode, but if you ask Sionix what it is, they'll say it's a full game. And it's the same with Harmonix and, sure. and Festival, like that's and, and Lego Fortnite as well. I don't know who developed that actually. Um, but ultimately, right now, the thing about racing game fans is we are, I feel as if we're, we're pretty fickle in the sense that if something is really good style and something really has kind of an oozing confidence towards what it wants to be viewed as, we'll always give it more of a go than a racing game that maybe doesn't wear its kind of personality on its sleeve as much. Um, and right now, like there is, no, there is no pull for anybody to play Rocket Racing who wouldn't download Fortnite. And anybody who hasn't played yeah. it so far will come back and say I'm not downloading Fortnite. So yeah. it's it's a bit of an interesting piece, but like the way you were saying about people uploading clips of it and that sort of thing, 
um, time extend has a newly minted TikTok <laughs> that I've been kind of starting <laughs> up recently. Um, just playing around with it more than anything. I've never had a TikTok. Mm-hmm. I've never used it, so it's been pretty fun to look at that. Just since X is a shit show, but I still like making stupid fucking memes and stuff. And like, I put up a clip of well, actually, I put a Gran Turismo free meme up that I made for X, and I put it on TikTok, and it got like thirty-eight likes or something like that, right? And two hundred and fifty views. I put a clip of me playing Rocket Racing up there. Um, and that got 2,000 views and pretty much triple the likes, I think it was. Damn. And th- it was interesting to me purely because I I didn't think anybody would really be looking for Rocket Racing content. But obviously, right. the, the, fucking, the, algor- the for you algorithms are going to take over the world eventually, so it's probably just forcing yeah. it on people to get me to continue <laughs> to make shit and that sort of thing. But there was definitely like a... It was, it was an interesting moment for me because it was like, this could be something. I don't think it's anything what like what the racing game fans want in terms of like, Forza Horizon's the big bad and, and if Rocket Racing somehow became the new thing, that would be an even bigger bad, I think, in terms of the precedent yeah. it would set. Yeah. Um, but I also do think that it's, it's just interesting seeing a player base like this for a racing game like this and just being able to constantly find races full of real people after a certain point and yeah. that goes a long way. I found myself playing 20 races in a row without realising it purely because 5 second match making straight in, 5 second match making straight yep. in, races are 2 minutes long, it's that kind of free to play racer type thing we've talked about previously where it isn't trying to be the best racing game ever made and it isn't trying to reinvent the wheel if anything it's the most simplistic arcade racer in terms of what it's actually built atop of that you could really ask for and that that raises another question about why they're even tying it to Rocket League when that's like the total opposite in terms of the complexity involved and stuff but I do think there's a good potential avenue here for Psyonix to build this out should Epic allow it of course um, we go through mass layoffs at the moment and commiserations to anybody affected by that and as always, fuck Epic for their business practices, but <laughs> it's it's interesting. I feel as if there, there's something there that can be kind of brought out of it, and right now it's not in that state. There's just a, a core fundamental gameplay underneath it that could potentially kind of emerge if, if they get a chance to actually build it out. Yeah, I mean, there, there is a part of it that's uh, granted, like, in the most cynical situation and, and however many, you know, ways the game tries to get you to spend money i mean boy booting up fortnite slash rocket racing for the first time immediately i was tried they they accosted me to spend 15 dollars on something i don't even know what the hell it was <laughs> but yeah, like yeah. bearing all of that in mind you know this is the kind of racing game that everyone pretty much the industry has told us over the last 10 to 15 years and nobody wants right yeah. like if if you are a kart racer you can be mario kart that's it you know, Sega has had its random successes, but even those are obviously like drops in the bucket. Yeah. Uh, or your sim racing. Forza Horizon's been able to kind of straddle it by obviously not being a sim racer, but having real cars and having some element of realism to it. But like, that's it. Like these super, like fanciful, like you know, you have your Trackmania buffs and that and that and that niche, and I've never met a Trackmania fan in real life. But they know <laughs> they exist. They all they're they're on their Discord. 
Um, but yeah, like games like Rocket Racing, I mean, stuff like that, your your grip, your, I know we're getting into anti-gravity now, but the Red Out, the, like all those sort of futuristic kind of arcade racing games, they don't, you know, they're, they're double A at best and uh, they, they kind of come and go and some of them are pretty good and a lot of them don't probably get the respect they deserve. Uh, and I think Rocket Racing is able to rise above by being at least a similar level of quality of those games, uh, just because it is in the Epic machine. And, you know, yeah. for that reason, it will get attention. So, uh, cool. I mean, you know, the best way you could look at it is maybe if uh, a new racing game rises to the forefront, then that might inspire, uh, you know, similar types of experiences elsewhere uh of course each one will have to match you know try the match uh rocket racing's uh, ability to have those like quick matchmaking and you know times and stuff like that and you know that's that's not the sort of community that ever that other publishers can rely on right so yeah i mean part of me is like i i do want to see any kind of racing game succeed uh but you know, I wish they made. I wish this one was a little bit more palatable to you know. Yeah, yeah. I just to me it. for not being in Fortnite and just being <laughs> being a little bit more of its own thing than just like trying to uh, Trojan horse Fortnite onto my PC's disk space. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> and that that kind of raises the bigger issue about it, I guess, as well. And in terms of, it's great to support a racing game, but supporting a racing game of this ilk in terms of what it means for the wider games industry is also another bugbear but it is pretty funny just because you mentioned Sonic All-Stars Racing uh, I never will forget laughing so hard when I seen Danica Patrick was in that game <laughs> for some reason and then similarly the first time I played Rocket Racing and the finishing podium was Lewis Hamilton followed by Eminem followed by John Cena and it's just like there is a, a level of hilarity about this like metaverse vested racing game that can have like every character you can ever imagine in pop culture in a given race. Mm -hmm. Um and right now it takes zero it, it takes zero advantage of that because like I said, it's not even got a podium, it doesn't really highlight who you're racing against or, or that sort of thing. So it's like totally ignore all those aspects at the moment. But like once it starts kind of embracing that, maybe it can have some sort of like dystopian future ironic <laughs> take on the fact that that's what it is. Because like right now, the Lamborghini can be purchased in the game. It will cost you a cool £27 uh, if you want it. And uh, yeah, it's insane. It's absolutely insane. <sighs> but that's like, that's like a wider video game industry issue of like, where do we draw the line with Fortnite, Roblox, Meta tried with Creator, which obviously created and bombed, but don't. Mm. And yeah, you do wonder, like, the idea of an in-game economy now just seems so difficult to judge because people will turn their nose up at £30 for EA Sports HMR, eh, HMRC, <laughs> WRC, um, <laughs> for £30, but like, they will pay £15 for a Donatello skin in Fortnite. I know, it's, it's nuts. I mean, I even like, I, I never really bought anything in Rocket League until the last uh, season they had the uh, the Porsche, the 911 Turbo or whatever, so I I got that, because I was yeah, like, I'm yeah, playing Rocket cool. League a lot, a lot right now, I'll do the Rocket Pass, I'll spend the $10 or whatever. Um... And then it's just like, you know, you guys you guys are probably make so much more money if you just made more of this stuff viable at any given time and you just had like 
the vast catalog of things that have been built for this game over the last almost decade. Yeah. Just purchasable, but you you don't want to do that for some reason. We have to put the modes of people like in the Disney vault and and that sort of thing. Um, and I think that's so, actually yeah. a good point to like double back to Rocket League as well because Rocket League is not Fortnite and like Epic's decisions they're making on that game to try and align it with Fortnite's business practices are just doing the opposite. It's killing interest. It's it's causing problems for that player base. Like. There were people who literally just traded in that game and basically played Black Market within Rocket League. They didn't actually play the game, but they built up inventories of items worth hundreds of pounds, and that isn't value set by Psyonix or Epic. That was value set by the community and how highly they rated certain things. People who watched the Rocket League Championship series would get random item drops, and if you got a certain type of wheels and a certain type of colour, you're clearing £500 for those. Like, And that was because other users yes. wanted to pay that. And this is why Epic put this current model in place and removed trading. Because we all know how in tune with reality executives are. They've seen everybody doing those trades, making money, making content from it and went, Oh, we want all of that money. And then now nobody buys anything from the store. People are stopping playing the yeah. game because you've killed a full community in the process of getting rid of that. You, you're letting tro uh, Smurfs run rampant and ranked because it's free to play with no like barrier to access whatsoever. Effectively, like they're making business decisions that happen in Fortnite and then, as a result, Rocket Racing, but trying to apply it to Rocket League. And it's Unreal Engine 3 fucking form as well, by the way. Two, <laughs> yeah, I didn't realise it was still UN3. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that is nuts. But yeah, it launched... Uh, well, it was PlayStation 4, but... Uh, yeah. I mean, just looking at looking at Super Robot Acrobats or whatever the hell it's called, it. I mean, it looks so similar, and that yeah. must have been the UE3 game because it was on PS3. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I actually had I have one more thing. I've been meaning to mention this the whole episode. I think I me I mentioned it to you last time we chatted. It's because I want to know what you think about this. So, because I've only recently started to kind of almost fly with any sort of intent in Rocket League. Yeah. Uh, for a long time, this was like the one thing that I couldn't. It just, it didn't, being in the air, using boosts in the air just did not make sense to me. I constantly was like misjudging the amount of time it would take me. Like if the ball's in a certain place, like how much boost and at what angle do I need? I, I would just always fucking whiff. I could never get it right. I would go in too fast or not enough, usually too fast. So for the longest time, I was like, here's what you do to please people like me who suck. You have a separate game mode, and I always call it the no-fly mode. <laughs> and then I tell this to everybody, and they're just like, well, that's the whole point of the game. Like, what, you're going to get rid of boosting? I'm like, no, no, no. You can still boost, and you can still jump, and you can, like, do a little flip when you, you know, when you jump and you press up on the, on the analog stick or whatever. You just get rid of the ability to boost while your car is off the ground mm. or off the sides or something like that. And then, and by doing that, you eliminate flying. And I'm like... I don't know. That sounds pretty good to me. <laughs> <laughs> so what is the question then? Would I enjoy playing that way? No, do you think it's the stupidest idea ever? That's that's a question. I think like in a world where Rocket League <laughs> doesn't take itself seriously and you have these other modes like Snow Day and stuff easily available, I think a no-fly mode would absolutely have a place in Rocket League. Because... I'm not saying we replace it we replace regular Rocket League. I'm not saying yeah, we make this yeah, competitive yeah. thing. We just have we, we appease we appease the babies, you know, the, those of us with the skill issues. Like but no, myself. that's the thing though, like 
<laughs> right now in Rocket League, I don't know if you've ever done a private lobby, but you've got access to mutators. And it's basically like yeah, yeah. the massive list of ways you can manipulate the gameplay like and that sort of thing. And it's like, why isn't there a mode where it's just random mutators are applied to a match and everybody just laughs at how terrible the game makes the game and that yeah. sort of thing. And, and with that sort of thing you're saying there, like that's that's the sort of thing that should be an LTE, like a limited time mode. It should mm. be an LTM, sorry. It should be like... Yeah, no, a no-fly mode would be interesting and cool because <laughs> all, all they need to do is tweak the ball parameters as well to suit that sort of gameplay and it could absolutely work because Snow Day works because of the way that they, they gave the kind of the, the weight to the puck and that sort of thing and mm-hmm. Drop Shot works really well because the ball was really light so you can really thump the thing and, and kind of cause a bit of chaos. Like, I, I don't think it takes away what Rocket League is because ultimately going as far back as Forza Motorsport 4 and playing car football or GTI club and, and playing car football like you can't even jump in those games and it's still fun so yeah, yeah no honestly I, I think like that's the sort of thing when you're asking me what should be added I'm looking at it from the perspective <laughs> of somebody who's played the game too long but generally speaking it is remembering the fact that this is a stupid little car football game and like stuff like that definitely helps just make it a bit more fun and approachable as well the the worst experience I have in Rocket League is when I'm in a, a lobby, usually that's, you know, I'm playing with my two friends who are better than me, and everyone's at the skill level above me, and as a result, the whole game happens above me. Like, the whole yeah. game is in the air, <laughs> and I'm just driving around on the ground, and I'm just like... And God help me, like, you know, if I have to cycle back and uh, tend goal, you know, if anything's coming in at a certain angle... There's, there's, yeah, I, yeah, won't, I won't even jump. I'm just like, I, there's nothing I can do. Um, that's that's when the game really feels like I'm just like, what am I doing here? <laughs> uh, you know, but yeah. It, it, but so that feeling it's... never goes away. Just like we opened the episode talking about the feeling of greatness never going away. The feeling of an out your death never goes away either. The, the moment you play <laughs> above your station, your eyes are opened because like we can watch the, like the Rocket League Championship Series clips and. Like you're saying you, you weren't taken away from what they were doing but almost normalizing it and then yeah when you actually end up in a position where the game plays one level above you it's like mm-hmm. wow like it just it just blows yeah. your mind because it's just impossible to even fathom how people are that quick or how they are lining up those passes and and that sort of thing and that's the the beauty of the game it, it can it can give off and it can take off away and if you stay for one more game than you should then you get fucked <laughs> I'll tell you what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna I'm gonna practice until I can get to a point where I feel like I won't drag you down too much if we play together. It's alright, mate. The benefit of no barrier whatsoever to free to play accounts is I've absolutely got an account I can log into and we can play. So, uh, <laughs> Wonderful. Epic wins again. <laughs> yep, as as they do. All right. Well, uh, this was a lot of fun. Uh, thanks everyone for listening. And. Uh, yeah, I don't think we have any announcements uh, really, aside from the Time Extend Discord. Although we haven't, you know, we haven't had an episode in a while. Discord's still going strong. If you go to our Twitter or our our X accounts, uh, Time underscore underscore Extend. Also, Brend, you should mention uh, where they can find us on TikTok. I yes. Still need to get TikTok myself. <laughs> so very very easy way of finding it. It's just literally Time Extend. So it's uh, you can just type it in into the search bar and it'll appear the actual user handle go away ad there we go it's uh, literally just time.extend so you'll be able to Great. find us there uh, right now if you're already on twitter next it's literally just some of my favourite stuff from there that I've been posting 
uh, so you're not missing anything cool, but I think over time there'll be some pretty decent stuff on there. Right now, the thing most people have vibed with actually was the Jeremy Clarkson uh, Forza Motorsport 4 commercial. Um, I put that up there. Do you remember that one at all, Adam? No, I remember he was in the intro, but I don't remember an ad. Yeah, yeah you should check it out. It's actually it's really decent. Um, it's based probably, on they the probably didn't run it in the US, so that's why I'm thinking I haven't seen it before. Ah, so. yeah, yeah. It's basically yeah. about the death of the petrol engine and that sort of thing. Oh, so yes. It seems more prominent than ever. Uh, but yeah, that one is a tasty 972 likes and 8,900 please. So everybody's vibing with that. If you want to see on a TikTok, time dot extent. <laughs> All right. That's that's where they go. All right. Well, thanks everybody for listening. And uh, yeah, we'll see you again soon. Thanks for listening, guys. Thank you.